podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC. And folks, it is the day of Liverpool versus AC Milan at the San Siro Stadium in the Champions League, match day six of the group stage. The Reds are already through. Five wins have guaranteed top spot very comfortably in this group. But Milan can still qualify. If they win and the Porto-Atletico-Madrid game ends in either a draw or an Atletico-Madrid win, Milan will go through. So a lot to play for for them. You'd imagine Liverpool will rest some players, but I do think Klopp will go with a stronger team than we're expecting. There's quite a bit of history between these two clubs. We've played a few times, obviously. But firstly, I want to focus on the eight players who've played for both. So Christian Ziga is one. He joined Liverpool from Middlesbrough, who he joined from Milan. He made his name at Bayern Munich. And at Bayern Munich, he was one of the best left backs in the world. It didn't go so well for him at Milan. Obviously, he joined a club with Paolo Maldini. He was never going to be the first choice left back there. He went to Middlesbrough, had a very good season there. Then there was a whole tapping up scandal. He ends at Liverpool. Liverpool get in quite a bit of trouble. He plays 32 games, but only stays the one season. Only plays 16 games in the league before leaving to join Tottenham. It didn't work for him at Liverpool. He joined Liverpool too late in his career. He was 29 years of age. If Liverpool had gotten him when he was leaving Bayern Munich, and they did try to get him at that point, I think we could have seen a great left-back for the club because he was sensational for Bayern. Absolutely sensational. But by the time Liverpool got him, he wasn't the same player. He'd had a couple of knee injuries and he'd had you know, a couple of years of not being at his best at Milan, sitting on the bench, and then going to Middlesbrough where the standard wasn't as high as he was used to. He wasn't the same player, unfortunately. But, nonetheless, a great player. And currently the manager of FC Pingzau in Austria. So, best of luck to him in his managerial career. He is surprisingly 49 years of age. Fernando Torres played for both as well. Obviously, we did have the best of Nando. His best years came at Liverpool. There's no doubt about that. He was a force of nature from the, for the club. From when he joined from Atletico Madrid up until he left Chelsea, he was just a goal machine. Things didn't go well from a Chelsea. He had a loan to Milan. It went okay, not great. He joined Milan permanently and then moved on to Atletico Madrid on loan and then permanently. And back at Atleti, he rediscovered some of his best form. Never got close to the level he was at at Liverpool, but Certainly, Liverpool had the better of him as opposed to Milan. One player who Milan got the best of was Suso. Obviously, brought to Liverpool as a youngster, came through our academy, made his way into the first team but couldn't establish himself. He went to Milan and really did establish himself. And for three years, he was absolutely outstanding for Milan. His first two seasons... Not great. He was sent on loan one of those years, actually, and had a good time at Genoa. But he had three really good years for them. 
16, 17, 17, 18, 18, 19. And having bought him for, I think, around 4 million, Milan got a fee of 24 million from Sevilla when he moved there. Pepe Reina also played for both. We got him from Villarreal. We definitely got the best of him. He joined Milan as a backup goalkeeper after his time at Napoli came to an end. And he played five league games for them and was loaned out during his spell there. Pepe's still playing at Lazio. He's 39 years of age. He's still going strong, but we got the best years of him. Gabriel Paletta, quite the opposite. A young player brought over from Banfield in Argentina. Only spent the one year with Liverpool, never really got an opportunity. Returned home to Boca Juniors, then moved to Italy with Parma, and then moved on to Milan, where he spent three seasons, one of them out on loan. But he did have a decent time at Milan. He went on to win three Italian caps, all while at Parma. But we did miss out on a good defender there, unfortunately. Uh, Fabio Barini obviously played for both as well. We brought him in from, I think he was owned by Parma, but had been on loan at Roma. They had one of those blind auction type things, and we ended up buying him because Brendan Rodgers said he was the most physically incredible player who'd get us all off our feet, and in the end, nothing happened. He wasn't very good for Liverpool, but he did work hard, and he did have you know, a couple of good moments. Very unfortunate with the shoulder injury early in his first season at the club. Um, having bounced around at Sunderland for a little while, he ends up at Milan. Milan loaned him from Sunderland, which will tell you more about where Milan were at that time than anything else. And then he spent two years as a permanent player at Milan, including a spell playing as a right-back. So, you know, um, it is what it is. He's currently playing in Turkey with a club whose name I can't pronounce. Mario Balotelli, uh, definitely safe to say Milan got the better of that one. Having left Man City, he went back to Milan. He was brilliant for them for a year. We signed him. Rodgers was very unfair to him. And he ends up going back to Milan on loan. Didn't work out. And then he goes on to Nice on a free transfer where he's done well. But Milan had the better of Mario. Alberto Aquilani is another one. We brought him from Roma. He was injury-plagued. It didn't work. He went to Milan. He was actually really good on loan for Milan. But if he played a certain amount of games, they were going to have to buy him from us. And they decided they didn't want to do that. So in the end, they sent him back. He joined Fiorentina for buttons, which was a big waste of money for the Reds. So that was disappointing. Um... Yeah, we've obviously played Liverpool. I uh, played played Liverpool. We've played Milan in Europe before. We all remember 2008 and Fernando Torres putting the tie to bed. But if you look at the head to head, it's three games, one win each, and one draw in the Champions League. We've played the two finals, which you know. You know, in the Champions League, we have we have great history with Milan. 04, 07, historic Istanbul, heartbreak, heartbreak in Athens, absolute heartbreak. 
But we beat them at Anfield this year and got a little bit of revenge. Whether we beat them again tonight and get more revenge, I have doubts. But you never know. You never know. Uh, this is Anfield have predicted their starting 11 for um, for the game. So they've gone with Nico Williams, Joel Matip, Ibrahima Kanate and Costa Simicus as a back four with Allison in goal. Oxlade-Chamberlain, Fabinho and Tyler Morton in midfield. Salah, Minamino and Origi up front. That's one suggestion coming from... Oh, God knows. I don't actually know whose team that is. Another suggestion is exactly the same, except Virgil starting instead of Joel Matip. Oh, and Sadio starting instead of Mo. So, yeah, I, I could see Virgil starting next to Kanate. If you're going to start Costas and you're going to start Nico, I think you've got to start Virgil for organization. It does look like Ox, Fabinho and Morton will be the midfield. There's not really anybody else available. Henderson and, and Thiago haven't trained. Naby, it's too soon. So that does appear like it will be the midfield. You'd imagine Divock and Taki will start. So it should be one of Mo or... Sadio. Um, there's plenty of pre-match coverage on This Is Anfield. Ten things to know about AC Milan versus Liverpool. The Liverpool's last time at the San Siro. Obviously, it's also the home of Inter Milan, where we have played, or who we have played, rather, in some big games. So, worth giving those pieces a read. There's obviously the predicting the lineup pieces, uh, the squad that has travelled, and there's a nice piece on young Pitaluga, the uh, super talented young goalkeeper, who is, according to Jurgen Klopp, Liverpool's number three. Uh, but there's a, an explanation as to why he's not in the Champions League squad. So do check that out. Very, very good read. Um, what a slap for senior pros like Carius. And Adrian for Jurgen to come out and say that an 18 year old is ahead of them, but it is the case and it has to be the case. He is a big part of the future. They were barely part of the past. Um, Liverpool.com has a couple of interesting transfer pieces worth a quick read. Jurgen Klopp might have lined up January transfer, but Liverpool plan remains clear. Liverpool have been told to bring in a new player in January to make up for the loss of Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane. However, this is unlikely to happen. So James Jimbo Pierce has said he doesn't expect any business in January, but Gabby Agbonlahor, that known philosopher, has said that it's going to cost Liverpool the title if they don't bring somebody in, which, look, he may well be right. He may well be right. You look at the strikers that will be left behind. Diogo, yes, he's excellent, but he is capable of a bad run of games. Bobby has been good this season, but has had injuries that haven't previously been a problem. And he hadn't been particularly great the previous two seasons. Divock is Divock. Tacky is Tacky. They aren't necessarily to be relied on for long spells. Um, it would be interesting 
to see whether Klopp would change things, change the shape or change the approach. I don't see him doing those things because, well, he's gotten to the top of the mountain playing a particular way, doing a particular thing. Why would he change it? Uh, Liverpool, 40.5 million transfer plan faces Thiago Alcantara snag, which may force Jurgen Klopp rethink. Liverpool have been linked with a transfer for Fabian Ruiz. But though he is enjoying a renaissance, Thiago makes the prospect of a move unlikely. This is a bizarre title. Uh, What is the purpose of the piece? There's some stuff about Ruiz, how well he's playing this year, and he is. He's having an excellent season under Spalletti. Uh, but I don't understand what the issue with Thiago would be. Oh, Ruiz lacks pace. In fact, he's arguably slower than Thiago. Many did and still do doubt whether Thiago is a good fit for Liverpool and Klopp's tactics. Right. I'm not going to name the guy that wrote this, but clown is the word that comes to mind. Clown. Have a look at the results and the performances when Thiago's in the team. Clown. Uh, Stephen Gerrard enabling ideal Liverpool 27 million transfer and only one thing could stop FSG. Liverpool would have to break the mould a little bit, but Stephen Gerrard could hold the key to the ideal Liverpool midfield transfer in the shape of John McGinn. What? In what planet is John McGinn the ideal Liverpool signing. Oh, that's desperate stuff. Desperate stuff on Liverpool.com. Uh, you know what? Ignore what I said. Swerve their content for today. That's some shocking stuff. Uh, on AnfieldIndex.com, Stephen Smith has his player ratings up from the Wolves game. Alison Becker got 7.5. Did everything well. The few chances that came... Wolves' way were dealt with in the usual fashion. Trent gets a seven, struggled with the deep block and defensive overload, but had next to nothing to do defensively. A good game and always frustrating when opposing teams are organised. Andy Robertson, 7.5, kept going, and he appears to be completely relit. Gave great options and endless running till the end. Nearly made something late on and should have volleyed a goal Finding himself in good positions through persistent endeavour. Joel Matip gets a 7.5. The ball carrying and on-ball moments continue to be a delight. And he was assured at the back. Virgil, 7.5. What a ball to Mo for the goal. Uh, his decision-making and leadership is superb. And he rarely looked worried about what was coming. Thiago gets an 8. Tenacious and controlled. Even before the Divock in, in, introduction. He and Thiago were controlling as a two world class. Sorry, he and Fabinho were controlling as a two. Fabinho gets a 7.5, forceful and reactive. He allowed others to surge and swept in front of his back line with confidence. Henderson, 5.5. He seems to get excited after a good game and seemed too carefree in his positioning at times. Struggled to react to counters and got in the way of his teammates when he should have maintained structure. Subbed. Seven for Sadio, unlucky at the end, but was limited by a sound system. The average games are inevitably going to come, but he showed himself as a danger throughout. Jota, a six. Standards in front of goal are now sky high, and he should have scored two. 
will be relieved that Big Divi showed the shooting ability that he lacked. Subbed and a 7.5 from Mo. Marshall and frustrated until one of his markers left the field. So dangerous and turned a good break into a superb chance. What a touch and burst to assist. Uh, a six for Ox. Would be annoyed not to start and certainly should have. Tough game to come into. An eight for Divock. Looked strong and gave a good focal point at centre forward. This Divock is what the Reds fans crave. A great match winning moment late on once again. And James Milner was on hand to do a Wolves and time waste late on. No rating for Milner. Came on too late really to get one. Eight for Kloppo. Should have brought Ox into the starting midfield and soon saw the lack of balance and efficiency. Three wins a week are superb and this team should sit back and watch. I'm sorry, the first team should sit back and watch the AC Milan game. In summary, Brighton, West Ham and Chelsea all took points through huge organisation and this was another showing of that. Wolves played for the draw but deserved the painful loss with their constant time-wasting tactics. Hard to disagree with any of that. I agree wholeheartedly with his ratings. Podcast-wise on Anfield Index Pro, the latest minefield is an absolute treasure. It's brilliant. Alan and Andrew, it's one of the best things going. You're not going to find better. This is why pro is the best. Minefield and under pressure. Darth, Dan Kennett, Cy Brundish and Phil Barter on to discuss the Everton and Wolves games. Absolutely outstanding. Give those a listen. Check out all the content on Anfield Index Pro. Plenty of stuff going on the free site as well. Good stuff on the on the website. But most importantly, get ready for the game tonight. Get ready for the game tonight. It is going to be historic in one way or another. It may well be the last time we ever play at the San Siro because it's going to be torn down in a couple of years. It's a big game, but we don't have to worry about it. We can be very, very comfortable in the lead-up to this game. So nothing to put pressure on us. We can enjoy the game regardless of the result. But that said, if we lose, I'll probably have a rant on Raw later on. Raw will be myself, Trev Downey, and Carol Matchett. So I will speak to you then. Bye bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.